Hey everyone, I'm Josh Holliday and you're listening to the Fresh Coast Podcast. On today's podcast, I'm talking with John Bavoso, a playwright bringing his original script to Midland, Michigan for the world premiere of MLM is for Murder, and Kathy Bingle, dramaturg for this production and with the American Association of Community Theaters. I was able to sit down with these two and discuss the artistic process and creating an original piece in ways in which you can take that craft all the way to the stage like they are doing at Midland Center for the Arts. This podcast was made possible through the generous support of the Cultural Advocacy Network of Michigan, the Michigan Council for Arts and Cultural Affairs, and the National Endowment for the Arts. We're bringing you the latest stories and headlines on arts and culture here in the Fresh Coast State, our beautiful home in Michigan. Let's dive right in. I am so excited to be joined here today with John Bavoso, the playwright coming from Washington, D.C., and Kathy Pingle out of Florida, a Michigan native though, nonetheless, um, that is here with us today um, and working on a cool project through the American Association for Community Theaters, their new playwright program. And so we're gonna talk a little bit more about that today, but John, let's start with you first. So you're coming from Washington, DC. You're up here in the Great Lakes Bay region at Midland Center for the Arts. Tell us, what is this play that you wrote? and <laughs> what our audience is going to be able to experience. Uh, yes, well, thank you for having me. Uh, this is my first time in Michigan, actually, ever. So uh, it's been great to be here. So uh, this play is called MLM is for Murder, or Your Side Hustle is Killing Us. Uh, and so uh, it's kind of a story about two women who uh, grew up and went to high school together. Uh, we're not friends in high school uh, and uh, have sort of gone their separate ways in adulthood and are leading very different lives. Uh, one is working as a graphic designer in Washington, D.C., uh, but sort of dreams of quitting her full-time job to uh, start a feminist true crime podcast. Uh, and then the other uh, is living in Utah, is a, a stay-at-home wife and mother. And uh, sort of what starts a lot of the action is that she has joined um, and MLM, which is a multi-level marketing company that sells clothing to, uh, you know, try to supplement her family's income and, and get a little bit of independence. And through, uh, through a series of kind of zany events, she actually kind of snaps and discovers that, like, the way to get ahead is to start literally killing off her competition, uh, which indirectly then uh, makes her former frenemies true crime podcast suddenly take off and they're both kind of found the success they've been really wanting but it really comes at a price for both of them so you know getting at those themes of you know success at what cost and you know the tension kind of between art and commerce and you know work-life balance and things like that so and a funny play that I think so many people will either be able to resonate with personally from their own personal experiences or maybe know people around them. So I think it's going to be something pretty fun for people coming into the show. And there are so many community theaters around the state of Michigan that are participating with this national association as part of this playwright process. And mm -hmm. there's a statewide association to the Community Theater Association of Michigan, and everybody is doing amazing things. There's all these great theaters, but not every theater gets to work with the playwright. And that's what's so cool about this process is that you are here visiting Michigan to work with the cast. What has the experience been like? Yesterday was your first day. How'd it go? Uh, it's it's gone amazingly. We, we had our first rehearsal last night and was mostly just conversation about the script and the characters. And um, honestly, that's kind of my favorite part of being a playwright, uh, you know, is getting to work with actors. You know, as the playwright, 
you're responsible for writing all the characters and all the relationships. And as an actor, it's generally just like really digging deep and thinking hard about one character in particular. Um, and so I find when I work with actors that I, I learn more about the characters I created from them than, uh, and the relationships um, than I did when I was writing it. And it's just a really great opportunity to really polish a script and improve it. You know, things that sounded great while I was writing them, <laughs> you know, sometimes aren't, uh, aren't so easy for actors to say or don't sound natural or don't make sense. You know, we were, we were talking last night, there was sort of a, you know, a, a term that is, is like a term in the industry. If, if you're not in the industry, you don't really understand it. So um, that was a great perspective because I was so much in the research that I wasn't like, oh yeah, not everyone in the audience is going to know what that term means. So we can work together and find a way to explain what that is. Or, you know, this line is just really not like, you know, coming off the tip of my tongue. Well, can we rewrite it on the spot? So yeah, it's just a really amazing opportunity uh, and one one that you don't often or always get as a playwright. So it's really neat. And I bet it's really surreal for anybody that is an illustrator or a painter or a writer to create something that feels slightly two-dimensional and then to see it come to life. I've never thought about it in that way. So it's really cool to see and hear about that experience that you're having from the cast perspective. How, how can they change and develop their character based on working with you? What have you found as part of that process is most unique, most challenging, is most nerve wracking probably for some of the cast? Like this is the man that created me if you are trying <laughs> to embody a character. Like yeah. how, does, how does one work creatively to calm the room and make everybody collaborate in that way? Yeah, well, first I'll say it's actually, I feel like more nerve-wracking for me. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I was like, oh, these people have to say these things. And if, and if they're not good, you know, then, 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 they're, then they're just going to be, you know, they're going to be mad at me uh, for making them say these things. But no, it was really amazing. We, like I said, we had mostly discussion and they came, they'd done some table work before. And so they came with specific questions um, and sort of like, uh, what was your intention with this? Or what are they saying in that moment? But actually, I'm, I very much like to turn those back on the actors. I, I find it's way more interesting if, if they find it for themselves and, and then report back to me and let, you know, and in other processes like these that I've done before, I, I've often used that in like an extract of a script or in the finished script, some things that came from actors or a director living that moment. And so, you know, so I, I turn it back on them. I'm like, well, why do you think? And, and they just had such amazing insights. And again, things that I hadn't even thought of or maybe wasn't doing intentionally or, you know, and so it's, it's just a really amazing collaborative experience. Because like you said, it's, you know, theater is a collaborative medium, but in a lot of ways, playwriting is a very solitary thing. You know, you're, you're just sitting at your computer and you're writing a script by yourself and these characters are living in your head. So it's really, that's when it becomes theater rather than just writing uh, to me. And, and that's my favorite part. So for anybody that knows me personally knows that I actually, in my day job, I'm the director of communications here at Milton Center for the Arts. And I know that for our volunteer community of actors and performers, this is a cool opportunity for them. And they know that, which is so neat as somebody that is just trying to create art and create the craft to be part of this process. But there is a really cool process that you went through to get to this point. And as I mentioned before, we have Kathy Pingle here, who is with the American Association of Community Theater. And Kathy, tell us a little bit about how did this all come about? What 
is the program that John was able to go through to get his play to this stage? And, and, and what is that like for other playwrights that might be considering? All right, so AACT, or the American Association of Community Theater, has a, uh, a festival that we call New Play Fest, and it was created by Linda Lee. Her father and her uncle left some money to the family, and they said they decided they wanted to do something to support the arts. So they created New Play Fest, and it was for playwrights to be able to see their plays produced and published. So oftentimes plays will get produced as, as winning a contest, but not often published as a guarantee. This is a guarantee. So as you said, there are community theaters all over Michigan, but there are community theaters all over the United States. And actually we have them on military bases overseas. So the first step in the process is that theaters apply to be producing theaters. So they have to, if you're producing theater, you have to commit to doing a full length uh, play and with all the bells and whistles. So it can't just be a reading, it has to be a full performance. After we get those six producing theaters, then we solicit plays. And plays come in from all over the world. We usually get between 320 and 340 plays. Wow. They go through a lot of different processes. The first tier that reads them and they all get read but only the first 15 pages. Mm. Because if you don't get somebody's attention within the first 15 pages, you're gonna put it down. So that windows it down to about 200, frankly. And then those 200 plays are each read by three people who weigh in on its merits. And we choose, since each group of three reads about 15 plays, we choose that small group's top three and then we send the top 30 plays onto the top tier of readers. And this is the tier that we try to make sure is the most diverse. So we have representation from male, female, uh, sexual orientations, different you know, cultures, that sort of thing. So that they're reading it with a weathered eye on the subject matter. And I need, I wanna say, and I, I told this to the cast <laughs> last night that the, uh, the top tier of readers were very complimentary of John's play. They thought it was well represented uh, from a lot of different angles. And so it had that good housekeeping seal. <laughs> <laughs> but then those 12 top 12 plays go out to the six producing theaters. And so it's again read either by the artistic director or in Midland's case, they had a, a committee of people to read all the plays. And then the plays are chosen. And that's when the fun starts. <laughs> and that's when I become involved. So as a dramaturg, I start off as, a, as an editor. So I talk with the playwrights about how they might streamline their play and different choices that they might make. But we make clear from the very start that I'm not a co-writer. I'm just someone who puts another set of eyes on it. And then I come out to the workshop to just make sure that communication is clear between the company and the playwright. And then we'll come back again to the opening and see how the play is in front of an audience and that too can provide some different edits. So maybe a joke doesn't land the way you thought it would or something goes a little bit over long and you think, well, I gotta shorten that up a little bit. <laughs> um, and then it goes off to the publishing company. It's a, very, it's a two year process, it takes a little bit of time to do, but we, uh, we think it's kind of exciting and I get to meet 
new people like John. Mm-hmm. It's just important that there are new works, right? And that there are there are creatives that are that are writing these stories and that have visions of of, of being like John as somebody that can exercise their creativity from a writing perspective and bring it to the stage and, and to create these characters that are so magical or funny or you know scary if there's a little murder <laughs> element as part of your show. We get the production reports and one of John's favorite was uh, the lights get really murdery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a lighting note that the, that the murder lights can be extra murdery. And so, uh, that, was, that was pretty much my favorite note I've ever read in the report. So. That's amazing. And so you guys arrived yesterday and you were able to work with the cast and you did uh, a first read through with the playwright. What is the rest of your schedule going to look like? Yeah, so uh, yeah, yesterday was a lot more uh, sort of discussion based. So I think uh, today uh, and tomorrow it's going to be more of the cast up on their feet. So I think they're going to be blocking um, and, you know, doing a little bit of table work uh, as well, you know, just sort of reading through uh, sections. But um, yeah, it'll be really exciting to actually start to see it up on its feet and like and see how, you know, it's working with real humans, you know, up on the stage. But I think when we walked in yesterday, if they had not introduced which character they were playing, I think we would have known. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, the woman who's playing Felicity, John says that that's who was in my imagination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was and it was actually perfect because she was wearing she was trying on a costume. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's full And she's like, I don't actually dress like this. This is a costume. <laughs> I was like, but it's perfect. It's, it's great. Uh, yeah. And it was really great. And and that was really gratifying to me was hearing Asia, who's playing Minerva, uh, was talking about all about how she can personally relate and brings uh, so much of that to her character. And that's really gratifying to me to both to create have created something that gives an actor that opportunity, but also that, you know, hopefully these characters will resonate with people, you know, they weren't just I mean, they were created in a vacuum in my brain a little bit, but that they they have a resonance with the real world. So. Unless you think that it was very, very serious all the time last night. <laughs> we, we did have an There's in-depth 10-minute discussion on Vin Diesel. Yeah, there was a lot of discussion about Vin Diesel. Yeah. So the husband, Felicity's husband, has watched Vin Diesel and has a, an affinity for him. Right? <laughs> yeah. and, the, and the actor said, well, why? And of course, John and said, well... Why? You, tell me you know, why. <laughs> turn it back on you, you know, and they just ripped back and forth about Vin Diesel and that he had posters in the garage and <laughs> it was yeah, yeah. that kind of little minutia. Yeah, very fun. you know, just sort of great, you know, pseudo philosophical conversation. You know, at one point, uh, one one of the actors said that the the character who's literally a serial killer is maybe the most moral one <laughs> that person in the play and that and that just, there was like a moment of silence and then that just went up people were like you know that went off uh, led to some really amazing tangents and discussion and so I love it and the process has got to be really gratifying and this isn't the first time you've done this right John so tell right. us a little bit about um, your past experience how many other plays have you written how many yeah. are in the works yeah sure so uh, I'm a bit of a, a self-taught playwright. So um, I didn't actually study, I've never studied theater or playwriting uh, in any formal sense in school at all. In fact, like you said, you know, I think, I mean, I did some theater in high school, but, you know, to me, just from high school and college, like, I didn't even realize that, like, being a living playwright was a thing. Like, a playwright was like Shakespeare or, you know, or something like that. So, um, and I actually started 
uh, reviewing plays in our Fringe Festival in Washington, D.C., and just seeing, you know, very DIY sort of people self-producing their own theater. I, after a few years of that, I was like, this, this looks really fun. This is really cool. And so I just woke up one day, I think it was like 2014, uh, and I wrote a play and I submitted it and it got selected for the French Festival. And then knowing not that much about theater, I had to learn how to self-produce it. And so I did and uh, got a pretty decent response, you know, and, and I had a ton of fun. And so then it was like, all right, well, I, I'm not going back to school for this, way too much student loan debt already. Uh, <laughs> but so I, would, I need to figure out this whole theater thing. So. Um, I was actually lucky enough, there's a theater company in DC that's kind of on hiatus now with the pandemic and everything that was taking on associates. And so I, I signed, you know, I sort of auditioned for them essentially, and they took me on and I do marketing for a day job. So I helped them out with, you know, with marketing and press relations. And I also wrote for them, but I also actually just assistant stage managed for a bunch of shows, um, which got me, you know, they were doing new work. And so I was in the rehearsal room every day and then I was backstage and it, you know, I think that taught me so much about A, the process, but also like, you know, I'm doing quick changes on people. So I understand that like when I'm writing a scene, like I need to be mindful of like when the next, when they have to come out in a new costume or, you know, what the set looks like because, you know, I'm in the room and hearing the designers talk or literally, you know, doing a wild quick change. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and so I've been doing that since 2014. Um, I've been lucky enough to have some success with it. So I think I've written probably six or seven full-length plays at this point, three or four of which have been produced, uh, one of which was produced a couple times in 2018 and was just published last year. And then um, there's also a big thing in theater are 10-minute plays. So a theater will do, you know, six to 10 10-minute plays by different playwrights uh, for a night of theater. And I've had, I've written and had produced probably about 15 10-minute plays at this point. And um, those are really neat because I've had those produced all over the world. So I've had several produced in Australia, on a military base uh, in Japan, in South Korea, Canada, kind of all over the place. So yeah, it's been it's been really great, and and I feel like I learn something new with every script I write. Um, so that's kind of been my education, which has been really neat. That's awesome. And for somebody that is wanting to pursue this or maybe has a journal that they've started a story in <laughs> and they want to take the leap and do it and, and kind of do what you're doing and really put themselves out there and put their creativity yeah. out there um what advice would you give to them uh wow that's great <laughs> i i think the most important thing is to have that story i think in a lot of ways you know the rest of it like the, the script format and things like that can you know, that can, that can be easily taught, that can be Googled, for, frankly, is mostly how I did it. Um, but I think really having that, that idea, that story, um, that's really compelling is the most important thing. Um, and then also, I think to just um, reach out, again, a lot of my, I've learned a ton and met a ton of people through the internet. So there, there are Facebook groups, there are listservs um, for playwrights. And I don't know, I found playwrights are really open to share, you know, we're all, you know, as I mentioned, we're kind of, we're competing, but it very rarely feels like competition and playwrights are very willing to celebrate each other's successes and to share tips and tricks and ideas. And, um, 
Yeah, and I think the big thing is, like you said, is to put yourself out there. I mean, I probably make at this point over 200 submissions a year all over the place for things, you know, and I mean, of that, obviously, a tiny, tiny fraction actually get accepted, but I know some, some people are kind of too afraid to send them out and have the world, but that's kind of the only way, uh, or one of the few, unless you're self-producing, to, to get your work out there, and that's led to, you know, relationships with theaters and, and direct opportunities, so you just kind of got to be willing to put it out there and, you know, and, and be rejected a bunch and realize that, you know, maybe it just wasn't the right play for that theater or that opportunity or that time and just keep going. Um, I call it spray and pray. <laughs> and I think the other thing, and, and John has mentioned this as a part of his process, is that there are some playwrights who get really precious about their work. Mm -hmm. In other words, I have written this, it is the word, and this is the way it must go except for the fact that it has to be translated. And sometimes it doesn't translate the way that you had anticipated and your, and your work has to be revisited. So working with actors, working with directors and being okay about, about your words changing and shifting and, and learning stuff that you hadn't known before. Um, there are actually two couples in this play. There's Felicity and her husband and then there's um, Minerva and her wife. And so we see parallel relationships going on here. And John had said, I didn't give as much thought to the two of them. And they were discovering things about that relationship that mirrored what was going on in the other one. It was kind of a, you know, a, if you hadn't said, what do you think? He would have never learned that about his own work. Yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, just not to be too precious about words. I edit for several different playwrights and I won't, I just don't want to take anybody who thinks every thought they and and is sacrosanct. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I think, yeah, and to me, that's actually the fun, and especially with, you know, with 10 minute plays where, you know, I've had certain 10 minute plays that I've produced 10 plus times and to see how different people take the same script the same words and come up with completely different things is to me is really interesting and it's fascinating. Um, I have one 10 minute play that I specifically wrote, you know, every actor like can be of any age, race, gender, et cetera. And the, the all, combinations all over the board. And uh, I love that. I like love seeing uh, different people apply their own creativity to it. That's the fun of it for me. And so, uh, Kathy, if somebody was looking to be part of the festival or submit a submission because they've written something that's fabulous, and we would always love more playwrights in Michigan, where or anyone else that might be listening, but I'm biased, Michigan, <laughs> uh, the Fresh Coast State, um, and where would they go to find more information about that as well as ACT? All right, so AACT.org, really, really simple. And I think there are other uh, AACT, that's an acronym for other. Um, <laughs> so AACT.org, it's the American Association of Community Theater. And right now we are soliciting applications for producing theaters. So it'll be another six or seven months before we're looking for plays. But all the information is there online. And it not only details uh, when the process is, but how to submit and what kind of plays we're looking for. And, and I'm really pleased with the fact that AACT doesn't ever edit material for content. 
So whatever it is that you feel is an important story, don't think, oh, a community theater would never do this because there are a big range of community theaters and they sure. have, and, and people are looking for brand new material. So whatever the story is inside of you, that story can be submitted. And John, if people wanted to know more information about you, learn about any of your other plays you've written, where can they find that information? Absolutely. So uh, the, I have a website, uh, it's john-bavoso.com. Uh, and I'm also uh, on Twitter and Instagram, all those places. Uh, and I'm also, if, uh, if anyone uses the new Play Exchange, which is a really neat website um, that where playwrights can post their scripts um, and people can find them and read them and uh, produce them, but also write recommendations for them. So um, I have an MPX profile. Uh, yeah, I have, a, I, have a, I have a not extremely common name, so Google me. Uh, I have great SEO, so <laughs> you can find me. Yeah. That's brilliant. And if you wanted to know more about being able to see this fabulous show come to life on stage for a world premiere here in Midland, Michigan, up in the Great Lakes Bay region, you can find more information at uh, Midland Center for the Arts website, midlandcenter.org. Thank you both so much for joining us today for this fun conversation and hopefully inspired some future writers um, that you'll be hearing from here in the Fresh Coast State.